You are now listening to Pole Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pole Hook Golf, the podcast. This is episode number 53. I'm your host, Matt Cook, and we've got our co-host here, Mr. Bobby yes. Brown, as always. And my goodness, I don't know why I've said, my goodness, this is going to be such an epic show so many times on this podcast, but we were just talking off air, and I got a feeling, Bobby, that this might go down yeah. in history as one of the finest episodes in our repertoire of episodes. I mean, we're definitely on the second half of getting to that, uh, well, we're halfway, we're past halfway to the century mark. My God, these words are just flowing out of my mouth. I have no idea what I'm saying. Um, but let's go over real quick what we're going to talk about. So we're going to obviously sure. get into our story time with Ma'am Bobby. People have been loving this little segment that we have. Um, so we're going to recap our weeks. And then from there, we're going to talk about the Players' Championship. We're going to recap that a little bit. We're going to talk about, obviously, what's going on uh, on your side of the fence. And then, you know, we've got the upcoming Valspar Championship that uh, is behind me, Innisbrook. And, man, it's uh, the good old Copperhead course. Uh, looking forward to this week. This is a great golf course. Uh, we'll talk about the field strength and then... Did you uh, see today about uh, the USGA's rolling back the golf ball? Oh, deal? yeah. Yeah, there's so. been some talk about that. Uh, I'm going to say it started last week. We started hearing some some stuff about it. So we'll get into that. Yeah, but Absolutely. it's no surprise. I mean, Rory's got to be pissed. But um, then we've got our favorite topic ever on this golf yes. show, which is live golf. Man, do we yes. love talking ourselves some live golf. Yes. It's going to come down to Tucson to the dirty desert. We're going to talk yes. about that at the Gallery Club. And uh, why not start off here? Yeah, I, I'm glad you oh. took a sip of water because if you're oh, a little parched right now. I mean, this I is parched. your moment to shine because, God damn it, parched. Bobby, it is story time with man Bobby, and we always start with Bobby. Bobby, how was your week last week? Sh well, sh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> Fuck, dude. That's all I got to say. Well, I will say we played another Saturday because we got we had weather. We had some. <laughs> I can't eat on Saturday again. Bobby, how many Saturday like rounds have you times. had this year to where I, I it didn't fucking know. matter? This better question is how many Sunday rounds have I had this year, and I can only think of fucking one. Oh, actually, no, we had to go back to Pebble Beach and play one whole on Sunday. <laughs> oh my god, that is that savage right tell you, there. Can, can I tell you for everybody that's listening to this fucking show right now that you think this glorious caddy life with when, when you get lucky and you run into certain players and you have success and you you don't really take things for granted, but things go so easy for so long. You've never really had a bad year on the PGA Tour, and I am in the middle of fucking hell right now. With it. Matt, even Matt was, even I'm supposed to be like crying right now. You yeah. like my refrigerator? I mean, look where Bobby's staying. Please, if you're listening to the podcast, just jump on YouTube. Come back to the podcast, but definitely look at YouTube. See where Bobby's staying. You can tell there's been six missed cuts. Let me tell you something. Monet's trying to paint a picture here for you guys, but it's not going well. This is actually a brand new residence in. But Matt, in the, in, it sure in the looks like it. Matt in the green room started commenting about my fridge back there and started pulling out roadway in and shit like that. Well, which is Bob, a big hotel here. In Tampa. Bob, first of all, Howard yeah. Johnson. 
yeah. looks very nice behind you. <laughs> or is that the Motel Six? <laughs> My God. Uh, but hang on a second, uh, dude. Do uh, tell because you did just say this is a brand new hotel, and guess is. what, folks? It, yeah. The microwave's broken. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Matt when you're in a cold streak like this, you try not to spend money. So I hit Trader Joe's on the leaving from the players coming down here, knowing I was staying in a residence in that had a microwave, and I'm addicted to these Trader Joe's pork dumplings and chicken dumplings oh, those for three ninety nine a pot. And you douse them with soy sauce and you put a little red chili pepper flake. So I got about fucking six boxes of them that I brought with me, and I was trapped in the car with James Hahn for four hours. That's a whole nother part oh, of this episode. No. There was a lot of apologizing going on last week. I understand. I took out of that car ride. So <laughs> I go to pop my dumplings in tonight. Who had a I'm worse week? Bobby or James? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I sorry. Go ahead with your dumplings and your broken microwave. <laughs> so I go to pop my fucking dumplings in and the microwave doesn't work in the brand new hotel. And I just tried the coffee machine over there because I'm running on fucking fumes and that doesn't work either. So can you spell, oh I smell God. a dis, I smell a Marriott Bonvoy discount right yeah, now. It's coming. <laughs> if not, it's going to be an inferno so, of Bobby. So newsflash, Troy's missed six cuts in a row. I wow, know had no idea. Or not. Six. I know you were shocked by that. We haven't made a cut since, uh, since sony and uh we are all searching for something good on this team i will tell you that much we uh life is not good right now for anybody for troy merritt for me his coach you know when you go on these cold streaks like i like i was starting to say you know you get lucky with so many players and you've never really i've never really had a shitty year you know in 16 or 17 years and i'm not going to say that we're on track to have a shitty year, but it's not a shitty year because we'll still play in 14, 15, maybe 16 more tournaments. But, um, you know, there's things that you don't that you don't think about through the season that when, when you're in the middle of one of these, you think about, right? Like the, like the coach, you know, like Steve Dalby. He's, he's scratching his eyeballs out trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Like the caddy, you miss six cuts in a row. What do you start thinking? I've never thought about job security ever. In, ever in 17 years i've never it's never even crossed my mind i've thought about leaving many times from different guys you know but i've never thought about getting it you know when you're in the but i i have a strong relationship with him where we're all aiming for the same thing but it's just fucking stressful right now that's that's me whining like a little caddy and his his coach is in no better position imagine how he feels right the guy that's pulling the fucking trigger who's who's got the weight of the world on his shoulders you know there's little things that just you know, when things are going bad, I mean, all of a sudden I'm getting text messages from home. Oh, are the boys going to be able to go to all those camps this summer? And just shit that you don't think about, you know, and it, and it, it all you listeners crap. better start yeah. pumping this yeah. podcast because we're going to need all some revenue know. coming soon. All, all you listen, <laughs> see if they take the bait, <laughs> all you listeners with kids, please send them to fucking college. So they're not sitting in this seat that I'm sitting in right now. I don't care how many times I got lucky with other players and that kind of stuff. You, you, you kind of take those for granted and you don't sit back and, and smell the roses, so to speak, for a while and enjoy it when it's going good. Because when it's going bad, it fucking sucks. So I'll get right into our golf. We did not play very good, but we had a chance to make the cut, as you know. And he showed signs of hitting some fantastic shots out there this week, but he had a wicked right iron miss all week Ooh. long. So it, it was hold your breath time for Bobby Brown. He did not drive it good. And if you, everybody knows that course, if you drive it out of position, you are, you are playing defense and you're playing defense fucking immediately. So um, 
we shot what do you remember what we shot the first day man <laughs> three over right because <laughs> i'm trying to forget <laughs> i think it was we two. Shot, was it two i think it was two because you ended yeah. up one over yeah on friday yeah. well friday saturday yeah. yeah hey you found another saturday though i did <laughs> I wish they paid by the hour. Oh, it's all in the lump sum payment that I get anyway, so there's no stress there. Anyways, um, uh, we, we 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 weren't making any birdies. We weren't doing anything. We weren't doing anything good. We were missing fairways with three irons, which is unacceptable, to be quite honest. If you're if you're sitting where where I'm sitting, and um, we played on, you know, we had some some delays and stuff. And on Friday, uh, it was pretty slow out there, and we teed off on the backside and we knew some weather was coming. So we hit it right of the war. We hit it up against the left. I'm going to give you the, I'll, I'm going to give you our Friday round kind of hole by hole. Well, not really hole by hole, but kind of hole by hole. We tee off on 10. We hit it under the left, the left lip of that left bumper. He, he, he kind of fats a pitching wedge out of there. It's it over the green chips in for four, right? Fucking wow. chips in for four. Yeah. You can't and see I'll, that on the uh, tour. Cast. No, no, you can't see that on the tour cast, <laughs> but Bobcast can give it to you. <laughs> so um, uh, we get to 11, and it's it's pretty good in the wind. He gets a good drive out there, and we have two, four. What was that? Was that gas? No. Was that on your end? Oh. <laughs> I was wondering the same thing out of you. Door. Yeah, what is <laughs> no, happening no, there? It, it ain't the residence in. <laughs> So there it is again. So 11, he gets off a good one. We got, it's a front pin. It's a par five. You can get it, right? You can get it. You're supposed to get that hole. And he hits a fucking three wood that I was just praying to God. He wasn't going to wipe fucking right into the soup like he did last year. And he hits this fucking shot. He's hit the two best three woods I've ever seen at the same golf course. And it literally looks like it catches right edge for double eagle, right? And it's a tap in from like eight inches for eagle. So we were, um, uh, we, I think that got us to even. You say we started two over. I want to say we were three. You know, you're right. We were two over. They got, that got us to even right off the bat. So you got a little juju going, right? And then, of course, we made a couple bogeys, and then we made a birdie. And I want to say we were standing on 18T at one over par. So we were one over for the day in bad conditions. They blow the horn. We go in. Okay. We – um, yeah, we we have to come back the next morning at the crack of dawn when it's cold and it's still windy and we, you got to hit that tee shot on 18. Anybody ever played Sawgrass before the tee shot on 18? Pro- probably the biggest mind fuck toughest tee shot on the PGA Tour, right? So he hits his drive and he hits his where he's supposed to, not left, but he's about he's he's like one giant step into the pine needles. Perfect lie. They're kind of wet pine needles, so it's sitting up. You know, there's a little divot on the right side of the ball, but there's no mud or anything like that. And he's got to cut. He's got to cut a five iron in there. But we have a clear look to the left part of the green. It's a middle right pin, you know. And all we're talking about is just and and I'm just saying, just cut, just curve the shit out of this. Just cut the shit out of this. And uh, he comes over the fucking top. It comes up dead left in the fucking water. I can fucking believe it in the fucking water. First shot of the day, get out of there and fucking make double. And now we're three over. You know the cut. I think the cut's going to be two over, but I'm not exactly sure because, you know. It was at one for a long time. Well, for a long time. And we were the second to last group to finish in that wave in the afternoon wave. So, you know, wherever it was. Where it was tracking to be the last hour is where it was going to be, and it did it did finally go to two, which which I thought. So, anyways, um, uh, 
We turn to the front side, pulls it left into the fucking trees, fucking fat something into the front bunker, hits a shitty bunker shot, make bogey. Um, two, he hits it 30 yards into the fucking trees on the par five. I want to fucking kill him. And it fucking bounces out into the middle of the fi- fairway. Famous last words, don't miss left on this front left pin. Just blow it out to the fucking right or hit it somewhere. You did on not say right. don't miss left. <laughs> you this know better. Hit it right. No, this is all me. No, this is all me talking inside my head when yeah. it's over the golf shot. He already knows. I don't need to tell him. He already knows. You know. But this this is me internal caddy talking when you miss five cuts in a row. You are fucking grinding. Misses it left. It's a sick flop oh. shot. Makes fucking birdie. Oh. Right miss. The the skank ass weak right miss shows up again on four. The par three into a patch of like eight inch rough, about ten yards short of the green with fucking seven iron. I want to fucking punch you. Sorry, Troy. And um, uh, somehow um, uh, and and gets that up and down, gets that up and down. And then and then uh, and then five, he hits a three. But I'm trying to I'm not looking at you because I'm remembering the shot. Hits a three with barely into the right ruffle, that island green front left hand somehow covers the water like fucking <laughs> miracle of God by a fucking yard and hits it to like five feet. Doesn't make the pot for birdie. Pipes one on five, hits it just past pin high, right? No, six. No, five. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm out of it right now. He's got 20 feet for birdie, misses it, makes birdie on six. Um, that's that's it gets us back to two over, right? And yep. so we get to set, we get to seven Here where we, we hit it. In the, yeah, we hit it in the water there last year, left to seven. So he hits it right center. He gets off a fucking good one. And I'm like, God, I haven't seen a scoreboard in two holes. So I drag back of him like 15 yards, pull the fucking phone out. I'm like, well, bam, it just went to two over, right? And so now I know we're the second to last group. So now I'm like like 20 yards behind him because now I'm scrolling to see who can ch- who can change the cut line and where they are. And I know that Luke List was one of the ones that could do it. And I knew he was making a mess of nine, that he was going to make bogey or double. And I also knew that the only one, if we got through seven at even par by scanning the leaderboard, I knew that the only person that could change the cut line and move it to one would be Troy Merritt if he eagled nine, right? So seven's a right pin where fucking little kind of hitting a seven iron in the middle of the green, Troy, in the middle of the green, not short siding yourself over a pot bunker on the right with a seven iron that you say started online, but we both know it didn't. It started, right? You don't fucking hold that shot into the wind, <laughs> son of a bitch. You've been on there for 12 years. What the fuck, man? And so he hits a pretty good flop shot to like 14 feet. He called me in on the pup for first time all week. He made it. Not not nothing to do with me, but he made it. So he calls me in again and he's like, Oh, that didn't it didn't do much going by the hole. And I'm thinking to myself inside, I'm like, oh my god, you hit a fucking flop shot. You never know what kind of spins on it, right? Don't don't yeah, and he's he like you he can't get a read from a yeah. flop shot. Yeah, and if anything, that's where we're at right now. We're Jonesy. So um uh so he hits a pretty good flop shot to 12 feet. We get in there, read it. He goes, ah, if anything goes a little right. And I'm like, well, I got it going right for sure, you know? And he's like outside the hole. And I'm like, I'm a little bit outside the hole. And he's like, ah, it's kind of inside left. And, and you know, he didn't push it. He missed it low. And then he hit a sick running, running four iron up there to about 20 feet on eight for birdie. Looked like he was going to make that wiggle off the right late. And then, and then here we are. You're standing on you 19. You got a par five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sloppy bogey on seven. I mean, that was it. Par five, but they lengthened that tee by 20 yards last year. It was into the wind off this. So it was a three-shotter. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's why if you watched on TV, you saw maybe one or two guys even actually hit it on the green or get it up there 
10 yards close within 10 yards. It's very tight up there in the throat, like 20 yards where those three woods land, you know, it's like 12 yards across or something. So he, he, you know, it's the widest fairway on the golf course. It's literally a hundred yards wide at 290 yards. And he fucking pushes this, this tee shot, right. And there's water on the right. And I'm like, he did not just fucking hit this in the water with 80 yards left. Somehow it just, it catches the right corner of the fairway and stays down there. And we lay up with a two iron two. 99 yards right that's a pretty good number 99 yards with the backstop you can hit it to a buck five and if you hit it a little outside right it kind of wiggles it wiggles right back to the what hole club you know? is he hitting there at, at a so he's buck he, five. he's well at a well at a buck five well i i mean i could say it's an easy distance but that's actually an in-between distance for those guys right so you can't hit he, he can't it's in and off the right so we're so tipping, what's the hundred up 50 54 degree. Well, the okay. 100 is a is a controlled Lovely. is a super controlled 54 or if it's if it's hot out or something like that, he can hit his lob wedge 100, but you got to when you hit a full-blown lob wedge like that, You're you got to spin. take into spin and consideration and and you got to take all that shit in. So, 99 yards where he was trying to hit a 108 to 110 because it was still a little okay. chilly out, you know, and kind of a flatter, kind of yeah. a flatter one, a, a mid trajectory one. And he fucking kind of came out of that thing too and hit it on the collar just short of pin high and he had about 20 feet and he tried to fucking and I was sitting there on the green the whole time and I'm like this is what well, I'm like, well, I mean, here it is, right? You got a chance. Right. I'm still pissed off from fucking number seven, but I'm like, you got a chance. This is, this is what, but you expect. And the last thing I said, said to him before he stepped into the shot, and I've had good luck seeing this before. And I'm like, you fucking stuff this thing. You know what I mean? Like to channel some kind of like, I'm going to fucking stuff this thing, you know? And he did not stuff it to 20 feet. And he tried to jam, he tried to jam the pot. And I think he had like sorry, five just feet. The way he did not fucking did stop not it, dude. Fucking stop so it. bitter right now. <laughs> but I wanted to tear him. Listen to me. I'm going to get fired after you listen to this podcast. I don't have to worry about it. Another club. Do it to myself. Get out the easy way. You better knock um, on that plywood up there. That's I wanted making to, cabinets, you know, a, a little handshake at the end of the round. There's no talking going on. It's like, Hey, I'm, He's like, hey, why don't you take the clubs up to the locker room? Just leave them in the locker room. If I see you, I see you. If not, no big deal. Because he's he's disgusted, and and I'm sure you know he's not hurting for finances. But you're talking about a guy that's used to making probably over a little over a hundred thousand dollars a month, and he's got expenses, and he's not he, he doesn't the guys with his status don't pull in the five thousand dollar a week whatever deal it is that 126 or guys with no status get at the end of the week. So he's losing money. He's paying me a couple grand. You know what I mean? He's in the shitter seven grand or something like that, probably per week. I'm guessing roughly around there. So I mean, not just the shitter, Bobby, but that's straight diarrhea right there. Yeah. And so his agents in town too, is an agent's a great guy, Peter Webb, you know, and he's a good golfer himself. But when when an agent sees a guy and, and an agent is like sitting like me minus the refrigerator, he's at a desk right now and he's looking at everything in a computer. But he knows if he's been working for a guy 11 or 12 years that if he this guy who's been a gem, kind of a gem of consistency has gone through these streaks before in his career. If you look at him at, on paper, you know, every three or four years. And the fact is, is that Troy marriage game kind of live and die. It lives and dies by by the putter. You know, you know what I mean? Some, you know, he doesn't have a Korean short game. I'll kind of put it that way. You know, it, the technique is a little different than, than everybody else's, but, but if you make a putt, you do have a good short game, right? And that's how you're dictated as having the short game. So, you know, when I got back to the, to this Airbnb, I rented, 
And um, I was just laying in bed and I was in fucking shock, right? I'm in fucking shock and I'm watching the golf and I'm like, why am I fucking not there right now? We should be there right now. And, and I'm like, man, I wanted to rifle him off a text. You know, what I really wanted to say was tell me you weren't fucking going at that flag on number seven, Einstein. But I'm like, I'm, well, I can't really say that, you know, so I wanted to give him his time and his space. And I text him a little later. And I'm like, hey, what's your plan on Sunday? Thinking he'd take the bait and we'd go out and practice a little bit. But he was so crushed. He's like, man, I'm, I'm there's no way I'm fucking picking up a club tomorrow. So Golf can do yeah. that to you. And problems. I get it. Yeah, I didn't press the issue. Yeah. I, I didn't press the issue one bit because, you know, it's just it's he's the boss. Number one, you don't ever fucking forget that. But he just. You know, he needed a little time and he has been, you know, I'll say it. He's been through this streak the last two or three weeks. He's been a little bitch on the golf course. Like, you know, balls are one inch above your feet. Oh, I can't believe that didn't draw or balls one inch below your feet in the fairway. Oh, I can't believe me. that didn't. Yeah, yeah. Or I can't believe that didn't cut, you know, and that was one thing that I wanted to address with him because that's not Troy Merritt, right? Yeah. Troy Merritt hits a bad shot and he's like, Oh Bob, that's a bad shot. You know what I mean? And we just kind of giggle about it and, and, and keep your wits about you, but you've been kind of a little bitch making comments. I mean, I'm getting cliff notes off of every shot left and right. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking standing right next to you. I see exactly what's going on. You, you know, you are mentally losing your edge right now in this whole situation. So, so I text him about his travel plans and everything on Monday and that, and, um, uh, and then at about 1130, he was texting me, he was sending me some reels. He's a reels guy, right? That's, he keeps it real. He sends me all these reels. I got about 940 reels. I haven't watched yet. Troy, so stop sending right now. <laughs> and, uh, he's sending me these reels. So on, um, uh, I said something about, I said something about number seven and that kind of stuff. And he's like, nah, he's like, you know what I'm really pissed off at myself about is my fucking, what did he call it? He goes, I used to be a happy dog wagging my tail on the golf course, right? And he goes, and I haven't been a happy dog wagging my tail on the golf course, and that's one thing I have to I have to change. So, you know, you still have to execute, but, you know, for a guy like him, having a mental edge or being all in mentally and in the right frame of mind is, <clears throat> you know, is him making a cut or not, really, quite honestly. So, and, you know, as a caddy, you start wondering when you miss the big cuts in a row, you're like, fuck, am I doing all the right things? I haven't changed my style. I'm trying to pump up and motivate. You know, I never leave his side when things are, are going bad. I've told you the stories, how other players have said, you know, it's funny how caddies get 20 or 30 yards away from their player when all hell's fucking breaking loose. And, and you make them, they, they feel alone, right? They've, they said that to me numerous times. I feel so alone out there when they do that. Like every, the whole, everybody's staring at me for that poor shot. And so I've learned over time to just kind of flank them and stay right on them. If nothing else, you're deflecting them from seeing, and especially the players, so many people on one side of the fairway or not. And it's almost like you're keeping them. It's like you're there to protect them, right? Yeah. Cause you are, you are well, there to protect them. You're also That's kind of, the head, yeah. head fucking coach out there to where it's well, like it's just you, know, you don't see head coaches walk yeah. off the uh court or like walk down to yeah. the other end when last seconds you know? of a game right yeah so yeah he's got and he's got a super knowledgeable coach who's been around a long time steve dalby he's a phoenix country club guy he's kind of a legend around yeah. there and that stuff and he's not very technical but i'm laying in bed going something's fucking broken how does steve not see this right i mean i and i'm watching him swing you know, all day. And I'm like, the driver's getting a little long, which is his tendency. And it can, it can get a double barrel miss. And, and I just feel like, like I'd mentioned before on this show that I addressed him at CJ Cup, where I thought he was getting super close, 
you know, with his feet and super close with his shoulders. And then now I'm starting to think, well, fucking maybe that's where the right ball's squirting out immediately right from and cutting a little bit because I almost feel like he's got to time it from that position. So we kind of talked about that a little bit this morning. And it was funny. We were out there. We played 18 holes today here at Innisbrook. And, uh, man, his feet were open. He was trying to cut everything. It was kind of cool to watch. You know what I mean? He wasn't used to doing it and that kind of stuff. So some, some of the irons he hit, and his back's a little bit tweaked too, so it wasn't like full-on game mode. It was almost like take two clubs up and chip, cut something in there and try and find some some rhythm. But it got fun. I mean, a, a couple irons he hit started at the flag, and they cut it, cut like 20 or 25 feet away, which I wouldn't call as a tour cut. You know, but it's in certain conditions, you you got to have that shot. I mean, Tiger's got that shot. Tiger's got that shot in a major on a Sunday, you know. So um, then he started to tighten up a little bit and give himself a little bit more space. And he missed a couple left and he hit some good ones. So, you know, he he even said to me, he's like, Could, we made that deal like this birdie bogey game where I, every if he loses, I get 10 minutes worth of practice. So I got like 30 minutes of practice stuck up. He goes, I'm a how's your back feeling? He knew I was fucking hurting bad. I mean, hurting bad. You know what I did? I was in the shot. I felt it. I was in that car ride with James Hahn. I started to stiffen up and I got to this hotel and I'm like, Oh my back is not feeling fucking good. So I put on all my gadgets, all my machines, a STEM machine and everything, heating pad, you know, I'm fucking nurse ratchet over here trying to put myself together. So I wake up this morning. I'm like, Oh, stiff. Yeah, but better. And I go to get in the shower and I wear those long underwear, like those Nike dry fit underwear. You and wear I'm, them in uh, the uh, shower there, Bobby? No, no, I was taking them <laughs> off, creeper. No, I was taking them off and I got my right foot stuck in the bottom and I kind of like it did a little Penny Hardaway skip job <laughs> thing. And um, uh, and I fucking threw my back out like fucking like I can't caddy. Do I have to call this guy? And I fucking got it together and actually caddied 18 holes. But he's like, hey, you want to call him 15 minutes of that? practice this afternoon or you want to do it tomorrow i go no i want to do it tomorrow rolling a nine hole pro am and, and you know i'm trying i don't want to overwhelm them but when we get like later tea times i used to do this with korean players and like kyle stanley and dustin would do it too because when you got a late tea time and you're up at seven in the morning there's a lot of time to burn so i nick this nickname this thing called a mini two a day right where you go out like three hours early right and you chip you just chip for 15 minutes and you pot for 10 or 15 minutes and you go have lunch and you get your game face on and that kind of stuff so i'm kind of thinking about trying to incorporate that in but first we got to make a cut so maybe that's cool to see yeah i mean it makes sense yeah, it does make sense. It's called Mini Two a Day, dog. It's a Mini yeah. Two a Day. Just I mean, go do it. It's you know, Bobby Brown Mini Two. Yeah, it's always worked before in the past. So, but we got to take baby steps with him. I mean, I got thirty minutes of practice started. Fuck, you know what this really sounds like, Bobby? It really mm-hmm. sounds Me like crying. the dog days of summer and mm-hmm. a great batter going through a batter slump. And yeah. when batters go through a batter batting slump. My goodness, yeah. can they not catch a break? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like you, you finally you hit a line drive, but it's right at somebody, and they're right yeah. in the perfect position. And then all of yeah. a sudden, you're in your head. You're like, "Oh, I smoked that. Why did they have to be right no. there? Why did I hit that?" So, in, I mean, we see it in baseball all the time, right? Where that happens, and it just kind of sounds like it's in that, but it's heading in the right direction. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're getting you know what the practice I'll done. Put- yeah, I'll tell you something funny. I thought about you. I thought about you for like a, a quick five or six seconds out there. No, when that's being creepy. A little... No, no, listen to this story. You'll appreciate this because it's starting to resonate with me a little bit. You know, I'll preface it by saying, you know, I've always been that kind of caddy that's anti their guys fucking melting down and 
feeding the bag and wasting what I would call negative, negative energy and that kind of stuff when you should be focusing on the next shot. Well, easier said than done, right? So when he's being a little bitch out there and he was beating up the bagger, he came out, he had a four bunker shot, he came out of the bunker and he pounded the wedge on his fucking cleats to get the sand off as hard as I've ever heard, like twice. And I'm like, it's a good thing he's an athlete and didn't get his fucking ankle because it'd be fucking shattered. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, why is he being, why, why is he doing that? And then this light bulb clicked to me because you're the, you're the one that been the proponent of saying it's okay for these guys to get fucking pissed off and show emotion. And you know what I immediately thought about, you're talking about baseball. And I'm like, if, you know, if he's playing Fernando Tatis or Manny Machado and it's the bottom of the ninth and it's three and two, you know, he hits it. All he has to do is get a fucking base hit. They win the game. It's a fucking walk off, right? Well, or if that happens in the sixth inning and if they don't execute, nobody ever gets bent. When they go back into the dugout, they fucking beat the wall with the bat or start throwing helmets around. All the players just kind of scatter and let the guy do, let the yeah. big man do his own thing, right? And I know now I'm starting to think and I'm like, you know, to an extent, because golf, I guess, is more of a gentleman's game, whatever that means. I'm not sure. But I'm um, a. Uh, you know, let these guys get fucking pissed off, right? I mean, John Rahm does it all the fucking yeah. time, right? You know, and that's fucking, you know, and it, and I'm starting to think that's okay. That's okay with me. I'm starting to think that not everybody is. Well, I know everybody is not. Well, you close want him to, to care, Johnson. Yeah, you want you him do. to care, you you especially when care. things aren't going right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, would you rather have it be like, oh yeah, that's no big deal? Yeah, Sorry, Bobby, you no, just missed a cut. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want that head hanging, pouting, woe is me kind of thing. Although I see, I see it going through Troy randomly here and there with the head down, and and I and I get it. And and if I walked, you know, if I was in his shoes too, I'd it's probably a lot worse for me. So well, it's I only good say, for that short period of time, right? You yeah, can't let yeah. it linger. You can't let it yeah. affect you yeah, for the rest of the round. Get it, yeah, out, get it out. Get pissed. Let it go, yeah. and then move forward. Yeah, I know this is not gonna. This is not gonna come across right to you or anything like that. But I'm a. Did you, <laughs> this is gonna be a letdown because did you go on your honeymoon? I did. I really did. <laughs> I'm. A, I don't oh, want to talk about it was great. right now. For okay. Yeah, all right. You ready? I'm, I'm gonna give you. Yeah, I'm go. gonna give you a nice little go. mental break yeah. here because yeah. Yeah. my new wife Alyssa Cook and I we went down to Tulum down in Mexico, and I will say this: we did it right. We had a car, uh, a big old black Cadillac come pick it, pick us up, had everything in the world for us in, in the vehicle, drove us down the two hours, because <clears throat> Tulum's two hours south of Cancun. So you fly into Cancun, flew in, jump in the car. We basically slept on our way down. All of a sudden, we're there. And we booked a place that was like in the middle of the Tulum jungle. So just off the beach but like up a little ways so we could either take right. a we rented a, a moped or a scooter for the entire week we had this cool little italian scooter um that we were just bopping around in it yeah was, it it's was called pretty a vespa neat. a vespa there we go see bobby that's why i need you i need a fucking co-host i can't do this on my own <laughs> don't you ever watch macklemore's videos <laughs> i'm going thrift shopping so we end up um I didn't realize, because I haven't been to Tulum in probably 15 years. It's my favorite place I've ever been to um, in all my travels and ended up turning into a foodie town. Like, this place mm. is unbelievable for food. And we're nice. both foodies. So that was a nice little surprise. We did a chef tasting menu at uh, the one restaurant that it was basically just this, like, stage 
where they set up an entire um, an entire kitchen and kitchen. they're cooking right there in front of you and eight course meal, bringing you out meal after meal. And after each one, you know, what was cool. Head chef what? all of a sudden was like started passing on the instructions and for everybody to understand and to basically allow the people that were eating there know as well that uh, they were on to the next meal. They would do this like almost like a hurrah and they would mm -hmm. they would clap at the same time. It was really cool. They all did it in unison, um, but it was an amazing experience. We ended up going into the cenote. So if anybody doesn't know what a cenote is, um, basically it is a cave to where there is crystal clear fresh water. And so mm -hmm. we were going down into those, swimming around, but we also had this great awesome. guide That's awesome. um, that took us around and we did a bunch of cliff diving. So really? I was jumping off of 30 foot cliffs down wow. in the water. There was one, it, I thought I just absolutely fractured every bone in my face. I was looking down because there was one to where you could grab onto the handlebars, fly out into the middle and then let go. Well, when I let mm -hmm. go, I'm looking down because I'm like, okay, where the hell am I? And mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I was face, landing. Face I fucking went face planted. Face plant. My Adam's apple was just devastated. It felt like somebody just Mike Tyson punched me in the throat. And this is going to be a little bit of foreshadowing because Mike Tyson punching you in the throat doesn't really feel good. But after the cenotes, after the cliff diving, uh, we went swimming with tortugas, which are turtles. Save the turtles. Yes. Don't drink a straw. Drink out of a metal straw or, you know, bamboo yeah. or avocado. I yeah. don't know. Uh, <laughs> save, save the goddamn tortugas, okay? Um, but after all of that, we did a couple uh, beach clubs down there, which were a blast. That's really popular down there. Um, you know, it's also a very spiritual place. So they very much so because of the Mayan ruins and all of the travelers that go down there. And it's a melting pot of travelers. It's not mm -hmm. like at the place we were staying, we're the only Americans, uh, mm -hmm. which kind of tells you something because yeah. everybody else from France, Italy, um, China, we had um, literally from every other country, we're all staying in this like melting pot, pot of like 26 rooms. Um, which was really cool to see. The uh, We had a cenote actually in the middle of our resort, which was cool. So we got to go swimming in there. It also had a pool, but it was all self-sustaining. So not mm -hmm. on a power grid, um, mm -hmm. not on a sewer system or anything like that. Like it was all self-sustained. They had solar panels. I mean, it was luxurious as all hell, but everything sustained. So they're big believers in the earth. And before we went on this trip, I started like I read some article of a celebrity um, to where they had done this thing called uh, Bufo Alvarius, Bufo Alvarius. And this is where you basically <laughs> this is going to sound fucking crazy. Um, take toad poison and uh -huh. you smoke it. And it's really just one inhale and it's a spiritual experience. They basically call it like getting rebirthed because it, and granted, 
there's some science behind this. John Hopkins did research around it, and it gets rid of PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, really a number of different things that it cures. And they have, and in John Hopkins' research, it was like 80% success rate and all this. And something that a lot of people don't know about me because they don't share it that often is I've had a lot of trauma through my life. Like in high school as a senior, my girlfriend was killed in a car accident during that time. Wow. So I've wow. always had kind of this baggage that kind of was just carried with me. And it's not like I was at like a depressed human being, but it always felt like there was this baggage that just kept following around and kind of weighing me down a little bit. So it was the last day and I, Alyssa and I, she was actually the one that was like kind of pushing for it. She's like, oh, let's do this. Let's do this. And sure enough, the uh, place that I ended up finding, guess who did that experience? Mike Tyson. Ooh. So Mike Tyson wow. was one of their testimonials. And I guess like I ended up looking at it uh, yesterday uh, that he had like an entire on his podcast as well as on uh he did some interviews and then there was a youtube episode of him talking about this and mm -hmm. how life-changing it was for him and everything because he did it obviously recently like over the past couple of years and sure enough i decide that i'm going to do this and Alyssa was with me up until that morning all of a sudden she's like i i i just can't do it she's like no i'm not doing it she's like i, I don't have anything to like really gain from it she didn't feel like and she felt like it might be a little bit too dangerous because i mean bobby they're putting this toad poison this dried up toad poison in a goddamn yeah. glass crack pipe i mean it looks like I, I something got a that i you. should go to rehab for <laughs> i got a question for you did you bring any back <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually I thinking as you were going right through now. that not only you but maybe troy could use it as well <laughs> <laughs> just get a full restart going um i don't know if the pga tour allows it but um yeah they never heard of it yeah exactly <laughs> i don't think it's tested for so anyways i go into this and like these two people uh one of them's like a shaman one of them's a guide and i didn't realize like how serious and spiritual this thing is so they're very much so right there and they're like well what is your purpose behind doing this? And I was like, well, one, I'm just kind of like looking at, uh, you know, if I'm dealing with any depression that I'm not actively like working with or working through or anything like that, I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a great benefit to me. And they're like, don't think about the result. Think about the purpose as to why you're doing it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's starting to terrify me a little bit. Um, and they were so serious about it, but going through that experience i mean you basically go through some breathing techniques i do a lot of meditation so i was pretty custom to the breathing techniques that we had to go through and then basically you inhale as they've lit this thing and it's smoking and just one inhale and it's so intense bobby so you ever heard of ayahuasca and dmt this is like the most intense version of it aaron Rodgers did ayahuasca um i believe let, let me i'll have to fact check myself but he did it um, as well as a lot of celebrities have done and said that it was life-changing. Um, that being said, I will not try to articulate what I experienced because it's way too deep and way too gotcha. kind of like out there. Uh, the result of it was that when I came to and everything, it was as if all of it had been lifted off of my conscience, off of everything to where... I was able to kind of restart 
And it, uh, I'll be honest with you, I have not had a moment to where I'm not smiling, enjoying. They do say that, like, it makes you appreciate life that much more. And I can honestly say that, like, the result of it, all the things that I wanted to have a result from that has occurred. Alyssa's noticed a huge difference. Just my demeanor and the way that I'm handling things and, like, things that I used to snap at or get angry about no longer. Like, I don't have the anxiety um, around certain things. I don't have that kind of depression following me around from like when I was 18 years old, you kind of realize that it's all part of this life experience and you kind of let go of it. So yeah, not trying to get too deep here because we're going to head into the players championship next and recap that. But man, it was a hell of an experience. I know we were kind of, we were choking around about it because it's like, yeah, Bobby, I smoked some toad poison out of a goddamn crack (laughs) pipe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> think about it that way it's pretty fucked up um, i need some bro yeah we gotta get you some toe poison what are the odds that uh, i can fly you and troy down to uh to loop no. we get you guys no. just going here i'm a zero right now we're both broke <laughs> <laughs> we're both broke as shit the uh so the honeymoon was oh and then i got everybody at the resort at the restaurants we went to because it was such a perfect honeymoon with Alyssa that I was just saying perfecto all the time. So all of a sudden everybody's going, oh, perfecto, perfecto. Perfecto. And sure enough, I I think I might have started a trend. So if anybody goes down to Tulum and people are yelling out perfecto, I apologize. So yeah, let's uh, move into the Players' Championship in the recap because I tell you what, Scotty Scheffler, I think he's been doing some uh, bufo out various. uh, He's got, (sighs) Bobby, take us through, my God. Well, I mean, what never was close, right? I mean, nobody's, you know, Min Min Wu. I mean, Min Wu Lee was the only one really, you know, that was, I would say, within stalking distance early. And I had a feeling that Min Wu Lee is a little. I don't know how to say this. He's a little too flamboyant for his lack of success over here. The way he carries himself on a golf course, and I, I think that's a learning experience. And I'm just going to be a harsh critic on on something like that. But uh, I told you I drove over with James Hahn. We were talking about who we liked, and that's the first thing I said. I said I think Min Woo Lee's going to struggle a little bit today. He's never been in this arena. He really hasn't made a lot of cuts when he's over here. Obviously, he's a freak great talent. I'm not saying anything bad about the future, but I think he's just got to handle himself. You don't. You know, there's one guy only that I remember over the last 15 years that really got the crowd going and could feed off the crowd. And that was Tiger, Tiger. Right. And and I think he is a product of watching Tiger doing that on, on TV. But he was the only one within striking distance. And and before you knew it, Scotty had a four, three or four or five shot lead the whole time and and never put it into like Sammy safety mode or anything like that. He kept staying aggressive, which is, you know, him and Teddy combined with, you know, their experience Um it's not like Scotty's been out there for a while, but when you win major championships and you're in the heat of the battle for every big tournament that we have out here, I think that, you know, that times 10, all of your experience, you know, that's like 20 tournaments worth. So wasn't really, it wasn't really ever close, but out there, you just never know. There's so much water on that golf course. And I'm sure he was nervous hitting that shot on Sunday with a five shot, with a five shot lead on 17, because you saw what Taylor Montgomery had done two or three groups previously hitting two in the water. And it could just, it could just happen out there. I mean, multiple guys hit two balls in the water. Shit, we were playing with Kelly Craft on Thursday, and he hit two, what looked like two good shots, and for somehow hit the front boards, both of them. You know, Chad Ramey hit a couple in the water when 
when he was leading. And if you watch the Chad Ramey shot, I want to say when he when he got to 10 or 11 under the first shot he hit on 17 that went a little deep into the water was a good fucking golf that shot. Was right? a good it, shot. It, it landed like nine or 10 paces you know it landed in a spot that you think is oh that's going to get close kind of spot you know and it just took a funny forward kick but once once scotty knocked it on the green i think it was pretty much it was pretty much over and you knew where his drive like i said before Troy, you know where his drive was going on your team where it's supposed to go fucking right yeah and of course like the champion he is he rolls in a 15 footer or whatever to to seal the deal and i mean let's be honest it's him him you know john rom got sick he shot one under the first day we, we had heard that he had some stomach issues and that kind of stuff and was battling some food issues. So he ended up WD. And so, I mean, the race is on for the big kahuna because those two, you know, obviously Rory's got a lot of going on right now. But if you ask me who the better player was, I would ask you what week, right? Because as I said numerous times before, there's a few guys or a handful of guys out there when they get it going for three or four weeks, they are fucking unbeatable, right? And they're unbeatable to the second best player in the world too. So you can just flip a coin. You can flip a coin with those guys on who's I mean, the they're best definitely player. the best too out there yeah, right they, now. They and they're kind of opening up a little lead over Rory, Rory yeah. right now. I know. I think Rory had a tough week with meetings and his new role representing, you know, the players and, and being on the board and everything that with goes with being the spokesman, you know, for the PGA Tour versus Live. I guess you can almost say it that way. And um, I just don't think, you know, obviously he didn't play. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, very good and didn't have very good golf shots and he got behind the eight ball quite early i think at four or five over right off the bat and uh that's good news for you because i picked rory mcelroy in the you sure in the penny bet and how embarrassing that you're going to make a, that many pennies off of me and you beat me by one shot we both missed a cut badly how do you feel well hang on I a second feel about that, it wasn't Matt. that bad on thursday when keegan bradley shot under par what do you shoot three under par on thursday and then he shot then seven, seven over, over par mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He had done an interview with uh, Golf.com, I believe. Um, and I th- think he did that before the tournament. But it was kind of the kiss of death to where he did that interview. And then that happens to him. So, I mean, yeah. Pete Dye strikes again on that one. Pete Dye, the diabolical man that he is. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Pete, yep. Pete Dye. But yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I fucking yeah, won, Bobby. Then that's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, you that understand is, that, that, is all that I won, and that is yes. a bad beat of the week right there. Can I get back to the players now? <laughs> <laughs> Which I am back up to how watching, much? How many pennies? I was I was watching five five five. You're up fifty bucks. How many pennies is that? Five thousand. Is that is that five thousand? Yeah, that's 5, yeah. 000. I got it down. To, I I chipped it down. I won two in a row. I got it back down to four. Now you flipped yeah. it right back to five. Let me go. I I was. You know, I was watching while I was watching leaderboards or laying around at the house or whatever, you know, I go to social media while I'm watching the players because I'm a fucking sicko, right? I'll lay in bed and watch fucking golf for six to eight hours and then I'll watch the fucking replay again. Get a life, Bob, if there's nothing good on Netflix. And I was like flipping on social media and I was getting like the live hot takes like, oh, this leaderboard is so bad. We're going to Tucson and the top three players from there last year aren't there and i'm thinking to myself okay cam smith is definitely missed but fucking ani bond and fucking paul casey are definitely not missed out here but my whole point of this is scotty wins by five over terrell hatton who's 12 under tom hoagie had a fantastic fucking weekend made the cut on the number ended up tied for third i think at at 10 under but listen to all these guys 
So you got Scotty Terrell Hatton, who's one of the best players in the world, Victor Hovland, Hideki, Minwoo Lee, an outstanding talent, Cam Davis, who comes off the President's Cup, Justin Rose, who is immediately back on form. Sung Jay makes a fucking huge run he over the weekend. Do you know Sung Jay was fucking second week for Lance Bennett? I better get that $999 referral fee, Lance, if you're listening. And you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> it's in the text messages, bitch. I had to work my ass off to get you on that bag. Put 75 fucking thousand bucks into Lance's pocket over fucking two weeks. Sungjae makes this unbelievable run. He's four over at one point on Thursday. And he goes Yahtzee, I think, on Saturday for eight, right? And then he is five or six under. And he almost think that if something has – when, when Sungjae gets to 11 and Scotty's at 14 or 15, you think that Sungjae's the one that's going to put the squeeze on him because Min Woo's already catapulted himself right out of the fucking mix fist pumping to the crowd and shit like that. So, and then Sungjae fucking stumbles home and makes fucking four bogeys coming in. But my point is down this leaderboard, Max Homa T6, that's a pretty good fucking players championship leaderboard. And I don't think that Tucson leaderboard at fucking the gallery at fucking Dove Mountain where Dustin Johnson can't. Did I tell you it took Dustin Johnson like six years to win a fucking match? Out there, I might have fabricated that number. It might have been four or five <laughs> or something like that. But I and that's back but it when felt you like won- six. And that's when the match play was a true match play. You were one and done, right? So you mm-hmm. had to play fucking balls out. And I just remember him struggling. I remember him struggling on the greens because they're crazy fucking greens there. And um, this live leaderboard ain't going to be fucking shit, I don't think. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Where were we? Players. <laughs> Bobby B, out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, I mean, that sums it up. So you would – so hang on a second. I do need an okay. answer here. Who's what? better? John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler? Who would you take? I don't care the course. Which guy's right. better right now? <sighs> According to I'm gonna Bobby go, Brown. God, fresh off, hot off the presses. Everybody's going to disagree with me. I go John Rahm. Yeah, I go John Rahm. I, I, think I do he's the too, best actually. In the world. And, and yeah. the only reason why. Now, Scotty Scheffler has that gear, but he doesn't know how to find it. I feel yeah. like like he has yeah. that ability. He did it at the Masters, right? To where he could four putt the final hole and yeah. beat everybody that's by nerves. a ton of numbers. Yeah, but that's that's nerves. But God, he's in the mix every fucking week. He's right there with a chance to win. So that's it's also experience too, though, Bobby. Where yeah. you yeah. got to put yourself in those experiences to yeah. get good under pressure. It doesn't come naturally to everybody. But John Rahm, on the other hand. He's had how many comeback victories and even the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, how he came back on that one and drained that really long putt. I mean, and going head-to-head against Max Homa at Riviera. Like, if these two guys are going head-to-head, I feel like John Rahm's got that edge of being clutch in those right moments. This is random comment, but I read that Ted Scott, oh my God, our guy Scott McGinnis, who we had on the show, who's on the live tour with Mito Pereira, who was unfairly fired by Scotty and did a great job for him. Um, uh, I read that Ted Scott has made $3.4 million as a caddy since he's hooked up with Scotty. Wow. $3.4 million. That's worth a tough bet. And I go back to two sea islands ago where we were paired with them on Saturday and Scotty just didn't even, wasn't even, wasn't even Scotty Shuffler and Ted Scott was trying to find his way with him and match up personalities and, you know, execute, help him execute golf shots and that kind of stuff. And now looking at 
$3.4 million. We ain't even halfway done with this year, too. No, I mean, you know, that was nuts. four. What was that to the winner last week? 4.5, 4.7. 4. Of course, stupid yeah. me. Stupid me is like, oh, my God. I, I caught wind of something that, like, I'm like, oh, my God. If you make the cut, no matter what, they're making close to 50 grand, right? And then I was like, holy shit, if you finish four, this is probably the kiss of death. It is the kiss of death. If you finish 40th, I looked at the paper, it was a fucking 100 grand to finish 40th for i mean that's a ten thousand dollar week for a caddy you know fuck how good are our purses right now they're they're so massive good. they really yeah. are massive which yeah i mean this now is leads us million. to the veil spar yeah oh yeah <laughs> that wasn't even planned eight million this week for the valspar championship that's a lot this, for valspar yeah well they've always been up there i mean it's a sick highly regarded golf course you it know is. tampa this whole this whole area is no I'm going to piss some people off. We're going to lose about six listeners right now. But this whole area is no bueno around here in Tampa. You know, you're in Newport, Richie. And I'll tell you, you want to hear a funny story? Four, year, four, four hours in the car with James Hahn, right? So he had a tough week last week, too. He missed a cut. My son caddied for him. He hit it fucking phenomenally. Missed eight feet. He was minus, I think he read me the stat that he was like minus six point something putting. So, and my son said he probably missed eight putts within five feet and he ends up missing the cut i mean on paper he misses the cut by two or three but he kind of gave some away that's tough when he couldn't uh, yeah so it was tough so anyways i'm four hours of talking with james hahn and i'm sworn to secrecy he made me swear to secrecy because he knew we were doing this podcast but <laughs> he, it was a it was a tough week with him he had he met face to face with Roy. he made face to face as much as all the divulge with peter malnati because james is you know, brought up a lot of valid points that resonate with a lot of players out here, man. I mean, a lot of players. I mean, he was reading me some text messages that he was receiving from some very famous people that were very pro-James Hahn and anti-social media and anti-media in general. That's the whole pro that's yeah. the whole problem here, to be quite honest with you. And so James gets an Airbnb hotel. It's spring training down here, it's spring break. It's the Valspar. And let me tell you something, brother. It is nothing but a bunch of roadway ins or the Tarpon Inn or the Tarpon Springs Inn or the Holiday Inn Express. So James goes, uh, what are you doing for a hotel? I go, I don't even fucking know. They're all like 200 or 220 a night. My son bailed on me. Better deal me to go stay with another caddy. Thanks, Dan. You'll better deal me like that at the last minute. I'm your fucking dad. So <laughs> you made 45 fucking grand in two weeks. I'm making two grand a week minus expenses. So... Thank God I got my own car there. <laughs> and I don't have to pay for a rental car. I'm still venting. I'm getting away from Valspar. <laughs> so James got, dude, I got this Airbnb, two bedroom. It's like 15 minutes from the course, 1,050 bucks. Come stay with me in the second bedroom. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, where's it at? And he goes, ah, it's like, you know, it's up that highway. And I go, oh, white trash highway. How far? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, about 15, 16 minutes. And I'm like, there ain't nothing good in that neighborhood. I've driven through it numerous times. It's a bunch of fucking crackheads is what it is. It's white trash highway. And so we roll up this and we're going through this neighborhood. And I'm like, he did fucking not. This guy's worth $20 million is all I'm thinking of myself. And he were in this fucking neighborhood. And we roll up and this fat ass dude standing in the front door sweating like he's been doing crack all day. <laughs> Right. Or toad he's got poison. This, yeah, he's got a <laughs> Stella in this hand and a fucking Swifter in this hand because he's cleaning the floor. And we walk into this place and it smelled like dirty feet dogs. And I fucking looked at James and he looked at me and I go, I'm out. I don't care how much hotels are. I'm fucking out. Got right back in my car, text James, and he's like, I'm getting my money back. So ended up going to a hotel. Just stay away <laughs> from Mons Venus while you're there in Tampa, okay? <laughs> 
There's a bunch of strip clubs up and down the street. That's all I got to tell you. Caddy's I love that you out. knew exactly what I referenced there. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Tampa but, in my baseball days. <laughs> but the golf course is, other than the shitty area, the golf course is the real fucking deal, right? It's long. It's fucking tight. The, um, the greens are tough to read. You know, fucking nine under wins here almost every single year, right? None, and it almost goes to a playoff every single year. The wind gets going out here, and it's it's all – you know, most of these young guys, these these 20-something superstars or even going to the early 30s, they play a huge junior event here too that all these guys have been over the course before, right? Your Davis Riley kind of guys, Scotty Scheffler kind of guys when he played here. They've all they've all played here in junior tournaments before, so they know they know what they're getting, what they're getting themselves into. So I'm looking forward to – this week the golf course is a little bit soft right now the greens look soft but they don't roll soft they, i can tell that they double rolled them this morning and it feels like they're going to get firm good chance good chance it's going to blow 20 or 30 on friday which is always exciting around this place because it comes through those shoots of trees and it can kind of fool you a little bit you really got to be patient and wait on your wind if you're definitely in between clubs so um supposed to get some weather on saturday might soften it up but it's 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 a beast it's the return of piercing cootie this wow. week is back piercing okay. cootie got another spot in this week so the kids here with Pearson, and um this is kind of your who knows how they're going to play you got to drive it good around here but this is a piercing cootie style golf course because as daniel would tell you if the winning score is single digits or low double digits he's got a chance to win if it's a 24 to 27 birdie putting fast you know it's probably not going to have his best stuff so um, so we're looking forward to it. Ryan Gerard, you know, the kid, the kid we're talking about from North Carolina that is two points away from getting his stuff, from getting his special temporary. He's, he's also got a spot this week. Your boy, Akshay Batia is in the field. You know, it's a loaded field. It's an absolute it loaded field. You know, it's a, it's, it's the a, young guns. The young yeah, guns I'm are coming in. I'm surprised that fucking Norman, I'm surprised that Norman scheduled against this one, to be honest with you. You know, well, I feel like to. he could, well, yeah, he probably was running out of time or, yeah. or, well, you know. or giving too much time in between tournaments, which is what's yeah. killing me right now. I don't like yeah. how much time is going by in between With one what? tournament to the next for live golf. I, I think you lose all the well, momentum. They only fucking, cause they, cause the momentum is gone. I mean, they only have fucking 14 tournaments a year. And for Christ's sake, they're going to that dump orange County national here in a couple of weeks after this dude, did you read that orange County national has two courses out there and they're actually keeping the second course open during the live tournament for $185 a round. No How bad are they hurt financially? Remember I told you I went down and did the, that big money challenge where the guy stiffed all these, yep. these players out of the money. And I was, it was blew me away that this was like an epic Q school course for us back in the day. And the shit shape and the clubhouse is so, not a so-called live fucking property it's unfucking believable but once again i'm getting i'm getting off track back to valspar it's going to be a great test it's going to be a great test it's going to be hard as shit you know we had a chance to win here um, last year i think we were nine or ten understanding on the 16th t you're on 17 right there standing on the 16th t this pretty good dog leg left to right par four with water and i think we were five or six under for the day i was reminding of him this today not the bad part that he fucking blocked a drive right and made fucking double bogey i was more saying that he bounced back and made a birdie after that but we were making a run on saturday and i told you this is last year remember i told you i was staying with lance bennett and he was working for davis riley they ended up losing a playoff and they were leading and remember I told you I got in a fight with him that night, like a verbal thing, because he's in there ah, talking about golf and maybe they can yeah, win. And I'm do, like, actually. fucking 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm like, stupid motherfucker, I'm sitting in the next bed next to you, and I'm four shots off the lead, and you wanted to tell me about your fucking day. I'm hoping we beat your ass, but we shot, ended up, you know, we ended up shooting four over on Sunday, but we had, you know, we had a chance, and Davis Riley ended up losing in a playoff. I'm still mad at Lance for that. I can't believe I flipped him the Sunday bag. $999 referral fee, Lance. Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, however you want to do it, pal. Just fucking ship it. What you got, Matt? What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever look at Lance and go, you look like the actor from Better Call Saul or Daniel Quaid, like a mix between Ooh, the wait, two which, of them? Which actor from Better Call Saul, not Saul? Yeah. If you look he looks at like Saul, Saul to you? if you look like Saul, no, no, no. Saul and a mix with Dennis Quaid, I swear to God, oh, looks just like Okay, him. gotcha. Yeah, it's gotcha. like they had a child. Gotcha. Lance is the gotcha. Sorry, I got off topic there. <laughs> okay, um, that's all the right. toad poison. Um, so we're going to now the uh, penny bets here, Bobby. Which, yeah. my God, You're guess what? I won, can, which means I get to go first. Can, wait, wait. Can I be honest with you about something? Yeah. Haven't even thought about who I'm going to pick tonight. Wow, got other things on my mind, you. but you go. You but go I first. love that you were touting the guy who I'm going <laughs> to pick this week, which is Pierce I and know, Cody. God. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I, I'm you thought I was going to Akshay Vatia, but no, that's I'm going Pearson Cootie. That's a good pick. I'm going <laughs> to just throw a monkey in the wrench since Davis Riley ditched my kid after two years and two wins, and he's got a new caddy on the bag, but he's been popping up on leaderboards. So I'm going to take Davis Riley. This is a wow. twisted one, right? That here. is twisted. Who lost, who, who lost in the playoff here to Sam Burns last year, and Sam Burns has won back to back, and he's going for the the he's going for the three peat. Well, this done. year. Well done. I mean, yeah, way, to take, yeah. way to just hop on the Davis Riley bandwagon. There yeah, why not? My, a son's shot at to, my son's going to be so pissed when he listens to this, right? Because he's so fucking anti. He loves Davis, their buddies and everything like that, but he's certainly not rooting for him. Let's put it that way. Well, you are this week. So, How do you think How do you think my kid felt staying loyal to Pearson Cootie after they made $375,000, right? And then all of a sudden, Sungjae finishes uh, – sixth last week and pops for like 700k or something like that yeah. I, I, I i would never bring that up to my son because i know he's like i said he's different than everybody else he's he's loyal as the day the day is long but as a dad you think about that too you're like man that's 50 fucking g's right there but that's then if he'd gone yeah yeah it is but he's he, he's made his share too so davis riley versus pearson cootie let's here bring we it. go here yes. we go the past yes. and the present are going to battle yes. it out. Yes. Now, next, we've got the USGA is rolling back yeah. the golf ball, Bobby. And this cannot be good news for two people, Rory McIlroy mm. and Titleist, um, because Titleist dominates when it comes to the golf ball market. Now, it's not going to touch the recreational game from what I was reading, but yes. it is yeah. going to affect the most elite players on the PGA Tour, especially because they are shortening the ball by 20 yards for the longest drivers of the golf ball. Yeah. Well, for shouldn't you say that this, if this happens, which is probably sounds like it's going to happen, that it's not going to roll into effect until 2026. Yeah, so 26. we got, yeah. So we got three years on that. So I really haven't. You know, until it's a done deal, I haven't really thought about it. You remember everybody was making a hoopla in 2010 or 2011 when they made everybody change grooves 
on their yeah. wedges. You remember that? Remember oh, the and then Phil Mickelson, like, remember he that, yeah, used that yeah. old yeah. ping. Well, I'm not going to be yeah. Where, I'm, where you're not going to be able to stop the ball. You can't hit the flop shot. You can't put any spin on it with your wedges. And and now nobody ever even thinks about that, no. right? Nobody ever thinks about that. These guys are are magicians. You give them you give them whatever they give them a ball, give them clubs, give them a hard golf course. Give them an easy golf course. It doesn't matter. They're still the best players in the world. So it's not going to affect it. You know, you can say, yeah, I've got people like coming out and seeing guys hit at 330, 340, or 350. Even if the ball gets scaled back, I'm telling you, in right, in right conditions and that kind of stuff, it's not going to change the aggressiveness of these guys or these guys challenging these golf courses or trying to, to bomb it down there. And honestly, I don't even think it, it phases a guy like my guy, like Troy Merritt, at his swing speed, which is what, one – 16 maybe 115 to 117 somewhere around there sound about right i think I, what, what's the I average on the pga tour no Troy's probably got one, 115 because i think the average on the pga tour is 114.9 yeah. but i was kind of reading through a few articles about it i don't think anybody even swings 127 miles an hour do they out here rory do does guys get that oh rory, does he get to 127 rory gets up there fuck tiger was getting up over 120 Okay, gotcha. I mean, gotcha. so, th- so there's some guys getting up there, but yeah, that's what it's supposed to. That's what it's supposed to target, you know, and it's supposed to target making, bringing shot making back into the game because these guys are so vanilla with all their straight shots or their baby cuts or something like that. Listen, these guys are just smarter than players. Well, yes, the equipment, the ball curved more back in the day, but these guys are smarter and better players and better athletes than back in the day. So they're raised now to hit. The straight shot, right? That's how that's how they play. They hit the straight shot or the baby cut. Uh, the really phenomenal ones can get it, pins it on either side of the green. But the fact that I was reading somebody, somebody was saying today, they're like, oh, yeah, guys, don't curve the ball like they used to. And I'm like, I can't fucking see guys curve it out of position or in those trees all the fucking time. Hit miraculous fucking 20-yard hooks or 20-yard slices or something like that. It's still in them. They're just smarter now, you know? If they don't yeah. have to take a risky shot, they don't have to take a risky shot. You, you know, they're not... You know, these guys this day and age are not going to, you know, as a caddy, you know that they can start it way over the water, 20 yards into the water and cut it back to the middle of the green. But guys these days are smarter now, right? They're like, nah, I think I'll just chip out. You know, I, I, I think I'll just chip out, you know, and then, and that's and that's where we're at. So it's 2026. It's down the road. I don't think anybody's we, we heard buzz about it last week. You know, you think about the ball manufacturers like Titus, like how much more money does is that good? Not that they're hurting, but how much more money is that going to cost them, you know, to install they're new the number equipment one ball and on do tour. R, 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 yeah, it's not close. And R&D and all and all, every other company that makes golf balls too. Cal, there's a lot of people that play Callaway golf balls out there. There's there's a decent amount that plays Strix on, you know. I mean, there's different there's different What's balls. Strixon? So it's gonna, uh, Strixon's a golf ball. Yeah. Why did I say Strixon? No, 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 no. I'm just, no, it's one of those. It's one of those jokes that it's like, wait, who? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some guys do play them. Yeah. Some guys do play them. It's the Brooks Kepka in the, in the uh, full swing documentary. Who, who, I I don't even remember who won the master. Who won the master? Yeah. Sure. You don't. (laughs) Sure. You don't, bro. Wasn't you. (laughs) So anyways, I don't think it's going to be that. It'll probably be an adjustment period if and when it goes down, but these guys are still going to bomb it, man. They're still going to bomb it in the they're right still conditions. Get they're, it out there. They're, they're still going to, they're still going to be the best players in the world. They're going to still going to hit miraculous golf shots. It's not that big of a so, deal. So, final word on that, just non-factor. Yeah. Non-factor. I don't think it's non-factor. a factor. 
I don't think it's a factor. There you go, folks. No. Non-factor. Don't yeah. don't let the media blow it out of proportion and make it this huge deal. Bobby Brown just said it. Non-factor. It's a non-factor. Yeah. These guys will adjust to it. Yeah. yeah. They adjust to everything. I mean, that's what golf ball or golf ball. That's what golf is. You got to yeah. adapt. Got to adapt yep, to the yep. conditions. Adapt on the fly. Adapt yep. on the fly. What else you got? Live Golf Tucson. Our favorite oh, not... deal Jeez. ever. Jeez. And Jeez. I'm not even going to go. Yeah. Dove Mountain. I really, I actually thought about going, but it's my dad's birthday this weekend, and my in-laws are here in town. Um, so yeah, not going. It's a well, you're not missing anything except some cactus in your ass. Is all I'm going to tell you because I've been there five or six different event times for the match play, and it's your typical desert course, what you see every day in, in your life. It's it's up in Marana, I think, and it's yep. at the base of a mountain. And um, it's in the middle of nowhere. You know, I was it's there for when the... Henrik Stenson won the match play. Yep, I was there too. I was there too. Yep, Dustin did not win. He got eliminated in the first round. We were on a flight by fucking four p.m. I'll never I think forget. I gambled on um, him and lost. Yeah, which, idiot. Back you then it was illegal. Me. I know. I wish I knew you then. You, yeah, you should have <laughs> consulted. Yeah, no. you should have consulted me then. But it's just it's nothing special. It's a terrible. What my point is, it's a terrible spectator golf right because there's no grass there's not really any grass to stand on you know you there's probably six to ten yards of rough on either side then you're in the desert right and there's a lot of desert so it's it's nothing special i don't think anybody i don't think there's any buzz around it this field's way better than their field top to bottom no question about it um you know I, i mean the fun thing for me in this right now is seeing who the fucking worst players are in the worst team so right that's, that's, that's leading right into thing. the next segment bobby which is who you got their golf picks but louder it's our yeah. version of the penny bets but with no monetary value to it whatsoever and we're gonna pick the no, worst do, individual and the worst team do. you want to do the penny bets on those too yeah, we can. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I'm let's in. do the penny bets on those, too. Absolutely. Jesus Christ, I don't even know who's in the field. But, that, okay, that's so going to be part so of the you, problem. You, you pick the individual, and then I get to pick the team after that. Okay, who's your worst individual? Worst individual this week. Who are you going to take for a 1,000 pennies? Whoever finishes the worst. The worst player this week yeah. is yeah. going to be. I'm dying right now. Please don't say who I think you're going to say. Our boy, our who? favorite player in the world, Pat Perez. Fat Pat Perez. <laughs> yeah. We are going with Fatty Pat. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to finish for- dead last. I, I forfeit. <laughs> and he's, he's he lives here in Arizona, so he should yeah. actually do pretty well. Uh, no, this course his- matches up great for him, and he's. Played great in Mayakoba, but no, he's my worst pick yeah. of the. Uh, my I don't individual. think he's ever. I don't. He was never good enough when I was working for Dustin to play in the match play. So no. I know he never yeah. played in the match play out there. But that makes me so excited that you picked him. <laughs> I am so proud of you. you you've come so far away since you smoked that hookah pipe or whatever that golf thing picks, was. but louder. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I am going to take a guy that I'm sure hasn't seen a desert course by the name of Siwon Kim. Wow, shot, like, good like, pick. Tw- 23 over last week yeah, so now i'm good. gonna flip now i get to flip right into the exciting part of yeah. the show where i'm gonna tell you who the worst team in america is and that is also kevin Na's team which c1 kim is a fucking part of 
Oh and my Danny Reed. What a what yeah. a well done strategy yeah. there. Thank but you, you put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. I'm a diversifying okay. bastard. I I okay. <laughs> Back when I got my first finance job, it was Vanguard, and they preached diversity. Don't put all your okay. eggs in one basket, Mr. Bobby Brown. Okay, well, so that's why I caddy put, for a living. Yeah, don't put all your money in Bitcoin. Okay, um, even though it's taken off right now, um, I do have to say, worst team. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give them a second chance here and go with the High Flyers. Is that Mickelson's team? Yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. expect that. He's, yeah. He's, he, he's he normally plays well player. there, but yeah, no, he's old yeah. man. Like he's gotten to the point. Might be. I could Steely. I could see Steely hidden in the desert, losing his shit out yeah. there for sure. I, I could see that. Who Who else is on their team? Oh, Do you know? Off really, the top you got You got to ask me that. No. Matt Wolf played on there last year. <laughs> yeah. No, they've got. Uh, it's it's Phil, um, Steely, Steely Dan, um, and yeah. then you've got. Oh dear God! Hang on, I'm. I can't remember either. I'm Don't have you have to that list in front of you? I'm pulling it up. Jesus yeah, Christ! Pull it up. <laughs> I know there's one. Who are we missing? It's the players. Does um, he have like James Piot or something? Does he? No. Does no. he? Oh, I don't know. Um. Okay. Here we go. We've got the high flyers. How dead and... is Liv right now? We can't even. We knew all the teams. Oh my God! You were spot bar. on. Yeah, James Piot. James Piot's on there. Oh, and then our boy Cameron Tringali. Oh, yeah. Guy. Pretty boy. Yeah. Pretty he, boy Floyd. Phil looks like he's 12 years old in this photo of the High yeah. Flyers. They had to yeah, take new it, photos yes. for everybody. Brendan Steele just Did looks you? like he just farted. Brendan Steele. Yeah. He, he <laughs> looks like he bad. farted and uh, it smells real bad and he's looking around over his shoulder. Oh, my God. Bobby, Did you, you got to see on the team roster. Uh, on livegolf.com like these uh -huh. photos they're yeah. all different so out. like phil's looking over his right shoulder like off into a distance like he yeah. but he looks like either a cancer patient or a 12 year old boy then you got james peon who i mean let's face it james peon great head of hair there uh looks like he uh was either from south carolina or georgia and then poor brendan Steele. they've got him with just the worst look you could possibly have They've got him with a golf glove on. He is holding a club like over his right shoulder, kind of, or just slightly out in front of him. They've got him turned with like not a grin. It's not a grin. It's a grimace. It's like, God damn it. Why did I have to take this money? Um, and then you've got Cameron Tringali, who looks like he's going to church. He's got his hands yeah. like out in front of him. Um, Pretty boy just like, yeah, no smile, but like he's just kind of looking at the altar going, I'm here for church again. Um, yeah, it's you, not a good look. I'll check it out. Did you um uh, did you hear today that Live got Live Golf got kiboshed on trademarking Live L I V from the nightclub in Miami who's had that name fifteen years longer than they have? And a lot Not of celebrities well. love that Live Miami nightclub. So yeah. it's going to be tough for Live Golf <laughs> to get through in a U.S. court system and get that trademarking for the name. But yeah, I did. I've read that. I'm like, yeah. go Live Nightclub, go. <laughs> Interesting. Now, what do they still have a shotgun and everything? And they start on Fridays, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that, that that's all the same. Okay. Um, I gotcha. can't wait. I can't wait to uh, watch it on the Live Golf Plus app. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> why, why? I was such a big proponent of this last stuff. year. Yeah. You you yeah. have jaded me to the point. No, yeah. it's actually not even you. It's just it honestly was uh, our boy Kevin on the YouTube comments that really jaded me because I was very pro. And then just because I started to see all the executives start to leave and start to question it, all of a sudden our Saudi bot, Kevin, comes in and just starts spewing all this knowledge as to how great Saudi Arabia is, how great wow. the uh, prince is, and then how Bro. great uh, Didn't they just you know, execute somebody? doing. That, yeah, in the media. I think they just executed yeah, somebody. Two years yeah. ago, Kaskagi. Yeah. 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 No, no, they just did somebody in the last 24 hours or 48 hours. No fucking Some, way. Yeah, somebody that they... Did they not they, learn from yeah. their past no, transgressions? They, no. They I mean, just, even Tiger they, learned they from his transgressions. Man, I got a random side thousand penny bet for Liv. You want oh, a piece of this? Let's hear it. I say, I say Dustin Johnson does not top 23 or better for a thousand. You want to take I'll a piece take of that? I'll take wow. it. Wow. Fuck it. Oh, my God. We got <laughs> this is Penny Bet episode part two. We got Shit. four grand on the table. No, man. we got five. No, four. Four, four, four. Oh, yeah. We have, right. our, we have our that. Valspar bet, and we have three live bets. <laughs> no, yeah. You're spot on. High school Fat education. Boy, <laughs> Fat Boy Slim against C1 Kim, and uh, Danny Ree's team against Lefty's team. Steely's team. We'll call it Steely's team. Wow, It'll probably be man. Steely's team when Phil pulls the fucking plug here man, next year or two. This thing is Are we done? Is that kaput? That kaput? is kaput. We hit all of our ah, topics tonight here, Bobby. Boom. Man. Go Troy Merritt. Come on. One Come time on. for Bobby B. One time for Bobby B, man. One time for Bobby B. I'm just going to say this one time, Bobby. I really think yeah. that once he comes out of this slump, that you guys are going to yeah. hit the ground running. He's too yeah. great of a player for too yeah. long of a stretch of yep. a period of time not to yes. figure it out and not Pump to break me up, through. Man. Pump me up, bro. It, it's going to happen. You can see that he cares, which, yeah. you know, was that always there, that passion? It's like now it's back. So now yeah. it's just yeah. putting those pieces together, having a couple of those breaks go his way, and next thing you know, the cut-making machine is going to yes, be just dialed in. And who knows? There could be a win in the forecast. So that Still could got be some fantastic. Rat poison in your system. Let's make it's, the weekend, baby. First of all, Bobby, it's toad poison. And toad on that poison. note, have yeah. a good night. Have a great week. See you, bro. See you, Bobby. I'll see you, buddy. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more information.